What does Jesus mean to you? Is he precious to you? Can you say tonight, he is my Savior, he is my Lord, I've come to worship and to praise him. My text tonight has already been read, taken from Luke chapter 2, going to be looking at verses 8 through 20. Maybe you're wondering, is this hide and seek tonight? The title is Ready or Not, Here I Come. Well, Jesus came, the shepherds, they had no idea that was coming, but Jesus came and we rejoice that he has come to be our Savior. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Lord Jesus, there is no other name that is more precious than the name of Jesus, your name. Before you, Lord Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you indeed are Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can bow before you tonight and worship you and praise you for who you are and for all that you've done for us. And I pray, Lord, that you might meet us tonight through your word in a very special way. That we be drawn to you, Lord Jesus, that we would leave this place knowing you and rejoicing in you and desiring to follow you and, and to live for the glory of, of your name. Thank you for all who are here tonight. Thank you for those who are watching online. Lord, we just pray that you would speak to us now as we open your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was in Sunday school and I took part in the Sunday school Christmas program, I thought the best part would be to be a shepherd. I didn't really want to be Joseph because Joseph had to pretend that he was married and at that age you're not really thinking about girls or Marriage wasn't too long after that I started thinking about that. But in Sunday school, no, not, not yet. And I didn't want to be an angel because I thought the costumes would make a boy look a little bit uh, silly. And I probably didn't fit the part as a young boy as being an angel, if you know what I mean. Maybe some of you would probably say that about yourself. So being a shepherd... That was the, the coveted position in the uh, Sunday School Christmas program. They got to carry a staff, which we probably use not the wisest on that evening. And I thought shepherds were tough, right? And so as a young boy who thought he was tough, you know, I wanted to be a shepherd. As I've grown older, I still admire the shepherds, but it isn't because... They were tough. In fact, when the angel appeared to them, they were terrified. They were very, very scared at what they were experiencing that night. But they responded to the good news. They embraced the good news. They, they went and met Jesus, and their life was never the same again. And that's my prayer for you tonight as you... Uh, come to this Christmas Eve service, that you would embrace Jesus. That this would not be just something you do on Christmas Eve, but that there would be a living relationship with Jesus. That would be room in your heart for Him, as we've already sung tonight. There's three things I want you to notice about what the Lord did for the shepherds that night. 
Notice, first of all, the Lord appeared to the shepherds when they didn't expect him. While the shepherds were keeping watch over their flock on the night that Jesus was born, they had no idea what was going to happen to them. They probably figured this was just a normal night, guarding the sheep, watching over them, kind of business as usual. But the Lord had something else in mind for them, more than business as usual, because an angel of the Lord suddenly, notice, suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. If you're a student of the Scriptures, you know that God often makes Himself known when we least expect it. When we think it's just business as usual, God has a way of meeting us in a special way. And we could give many examples of that in Scripture. I think of Moses when he was on the backside of the desert in Midian. He had been gone from Egypt for 40 years. And all of a sudden... When he probably didn't expect it, God came to him in that burning bush, right? And he says, I've got to take a look at this. this. This bush is burning, but it's not burning up. And God called him to go back to Egypt and lead his people out of Egypt to the promised land. I think of Gideon. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Uh, trying to hide from the, the Midianites who were oppressing the people of Israel. And, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I've got, a, I've got a plan for you. And of course, Gideon was saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Uh, you must have the wrong guy. It can't be me. And God says, no, I, I've got a plan for you. I think of Samson's mother, who was barren. And yet she was told that she was going to have a son What a surprise that must have been. Who would have expected anything like that? And so you find these these instances over and over again where God appears to someone. He he calls someone when they least expect it. And maybe the greatest example we could notice is a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus on his way to Damascus gathering Christians to bring them to Jerusalem to persecute them. And Jesus met him on the road, knocked him to the ground, blinded his eyes. And this man's life was transformed in a powerful, powerful way. Do you think when he got up that morning that he was going to say, I think today is the day I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. (laughs) That would have been the last thing on his mind But Jesus met him that day, and his life was wonderfully transformed. Now, some of you may have come here tonight because it is business as usual. You come to church on Christmas Eve because that's what we do, right? That's what we always do. We just uh, come to church on Christmas Eve, and that's the way it is. If it's just business as usual for tonight... I would suggest to you that you need to meet Jesus tonight. You need to see Him for who He is. You need to experience what He can do in your life. You need to come face to face with Him. And you can walk out the doors of this building tonight having been changed, having been transformed, brought from darkness to light, 
knowing Jesus in a personal way, not just as a baby in a manger, but as your Savior, your Lord, your Master, your soon-coming King and Lord. That's what happened to the shepherds. The Lord appeared to the shepherds when they didn't expect Him. Maybe you don't expect anything to happen here tonight other than to walk out the door, but I pray that something will happen in your life tonight. Knowing Jesus personally, being drawn to Him tonight because He loves you. Notice the second thing. The Lord spoke to the shepherds when they desperately needed Him. You know, the picture we often have of the Christmas story is it's kind of a peaceful scene, right? Look at Christmas cards. It looks so, so peaceful. It was not a peaceful night for these men, at least not initially. Because when the glory of God was made known to them, they were, as Luke says, they were terribly frightened. Literally, it says they feared a great fear. <laughs> feared a great fear. And why were they afraid? When God reveals His glory to sinful men and women like us, it strikes terror in the heart. And I could give you many examples of that. I think of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. He had this vision of the Lord and seated on the throne and, and smoke filled the temple and the angels were shouting, Holy, holy, holy to the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah says, Woe is me. For I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King. Made a difference in his life, didn't it? A sinful man in the presence of the glory of God. I think of Peter. Remember when he said to Jesus, he said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I think of John when he was given that revelation of Jesus in the book of Revelation, of his coming glory. It says he fell at his feet as a dead man. That's what happens when you or in the presence of a holy and righteous God, and you recognize who you are. You realize how lost you are and how much you need a Savior. So how did the Lord respond to the fear of the shepherds? Because their fear was due to the fact that they were sinful men. In the presence of God's glory, God gave them that message of salvation. I love that. Verse 10, But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. Why? For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The message that the angel gave to the shepherd was a message for all the people. And that is why it was good news of great joy. This is what Richard Baxter said one time. He, he said he was thankful for words like whosoever or words like all because he said if the Bible said that Jesus died for Richard Baxter, he said, I might think it was another Richard Baxter. Maybe it wasn't this sinful Richard Baxter. Baxter. 
But when the Bible says that Jesus shed His blood for the world, that Jesus died for all, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, that gives me hope. Not another Richard Baxter, but this Richard Baxter. But notice also that the message of salvation is very personal. The angel said, For today in the city of David there has been born for you, Jesus, or the angel said, born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's good to know that Jesus came for all the people. But I need to come to the place in my life where I recognize that I need a Savior. Not just everybody else, but I need a Savior. And that Jesus came for me. Have you come to that place in your life where you recognize that you too are a sinner and that you too need a Savior and that Jesus came for you? That's what Christmas is all about. It's acknowledging our need for a Savior and rejoicing that Jesus Christ came for that purpose. I'm so thankful I can say tonight that Jesus died for me. That Jesus loves me. How do I know that? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I stand on the Word of God tonight, the promise of God's Word, that I have a Savior, and His name is Jesus. There was an artist that was working on a a picture of, of Jesus on the cross, and there was a young girl that was watching. And she was noticing the, the, the artist as he drew this cross and Jesus on the cross and nails in his hands. And she began asking some questions. She said, who, who is that man on the cross? And he said, well, that's Jesus. He must have done something terrible, she said. Oh, oh no, he, he, had, he hadn't had it all. You see, he died... For people. Well, this man was not a Christian, and yet he was drawing this, this picture of Jesus. And this girl then asked the question Did he die for you? Did he die for you? And that got that artist thinking <laughs> Did he die for me? And he began to search the the Word of God, and he, he came to those promises that, that gave him the assurance that Jesus had died on the cross for him, and that's what God used to, to bring that man to a living relationship with Jesus. Did he die for you? Did he? Can you claim him tonight as your Savior, your Lord? Roy Lesson in one of the Dayspring Christmas cards says, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. Now, we believe in education here, right? We have a Christian school here. But that's not our greatest need, information. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness. And so God sent us a Savior. Do you know what your greatest need is tonight? 
Your greatest need is forgiveness. That's your greatest need. That's my greatest need. And that need is solved in the person of Jesus. Because He came to bear my sin. To take it to the cross of Calvary. To pay the price for me. My greatest need is forgiveness. And Jesus has met that need. Oh, we've got reason for rejoicing tonight, don't we? We have a Savior who gave His life for us on the cross. You can go to heaven without Christmas presents. You can go to heaven without money, without family, without friends, without lefsa and lutefisk, and whatever else you plan on eating tonight. But you can't go to heaven without a Savior. You need a Savior tonight more than anything else in the whole world. And Jesus is that Savior. So these shepherds, cowering in fear, the angel said, you don't need to be afraid. we got some good news. A Savior has been born. And that's what they needed to hear. And that's what we need to hear tonight as well. That Jesus Christ has come to be our Savior. The third thing I want you to notice here is that the Lord transformed the shepherds when they immediately responded to Him. When the angel told the shepherds about the birth of Jesus, the angel assumed that the news of salvation was so good that the shepherds would would check it out. Look at verse 12. They said, This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Why did the angel say, This is what you will find? The angel just assumed, you're going to search this out. This is good news. And this is what you will find. You will find this baby in a manger. And the angel was right, wasn't he? He was absolutely right. Because they they went without delay. Verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Notice they didn't say, if this has happened. They knew it. They believed it. They, they, they said, we're, we're going to see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. Having heard the message of, through the angel, they believed it. And they responded to it, right? Quickly, let's go see this thing that has happened, which the angel has told us about. Notice how this meeting with Jesus changed them. Uh, The shepherds became witnesses, didn't they? Verse 17 says, When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. I find it interesting that the angels didn't say, When you go and find the child, then go and tell everybody about it. They just did it, right? (laughs) They just did it. When you meet Jesus, 
And you come to know Him as your Savior, and, and, and you know what He's done to change your life. Do you not want others to know about that? That's what these shepherds did. They had met their Savior, and they spread it abroad, right? They witnessed to others what they had seen and what they had heard. It's not to be an encouragement to us, because faith in Jesus is based on eyewitness accounts, Right? Eyewitness accounts of His birth, of His life, of His death, of His resurrection. And so the Christmas story isn't just a myth. It's not a fairy tale. Guess what? It happened, right? Jesus was born. He lived and died and rose again. And we have eyewitness accounts. This is no fairy tale. This is no myth. It actually happened. The Apostle John makes this point so clear in his writings. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Remember what he says? And we beheld, what? His glory. We saw it. We were with Him for those uh, three plus years as He walked with us. We saw Jesus' glory. We were eyewitnesses of this. First John chapter 1. Notice how John emphasizes this. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands, concerning the Word of life. The life was manifested. We have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you. John has said, we saw Him, we heard Him, we touched Him, we beheld His glory. And now what we've seen and heard, we want you to know about that. Eyewitnesses of His glory and His majesty. You see, there are some people who say that, that we believe in Jesus in spite of the evidence, right? Oh, no. We believe in Jesus because of the evidence. It is there. We have eyewitness accounts of His birth and life and death and resurrection. And the shepherds are among the eyewitnesses, aren't they? They saw Him. and They made known abroad what... The angel had told him. So I need to ask you, are you listening to what the eyewitnesses have to say? The shepherds, the apostles, all those who beheld his glory. The shepherds also became not just witnesses, they became worshipers. We don't know what the spiritual life of the shepherds were before they met Jesus, but we certainly know what it was like after, don't we? Verse 20, the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. They became worshipers of the living God, worshipers of Jesus. And sad to say, they were among the minority. Because when you read through the gospel accounts, it's obvious that most people did not worship Him. 
In fact, most people rejected Jesus. King Herod, right? When he heard there was a king of the Jews born, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem was troubled with him. King? Wait a minute, I'm king. And he told the Magi, when you find him, tell me where he is so I can come and worship him too. Oh, really? He wanted to kill him. He didn't want Jesus. The Jewish religious leaders, they also rejected Jesus. When Herod asked where he was to be born, they said, Oh, Micah the prophet says in Bethlehem. And so when the shepherds went, or when the Magi went to, to find him, Oh, yeah, the, the religious leaders, they, they didn't check it out. They didn't bother to go to Bethlehem and, and see if what was prophesied many years ago took place. And you get the impression that the same was true for the people of Jerusalem. There were just a few who really worshipped Jesus. Matthew tells us that the Magi worshipped Him. They were not Jews. They were uh, Gentiles. huh? Luke tells us that the shepherds worshipped Jesus. They were the outcasts of society. And then there was Simeon and an older woman named Anna. But most people had no time for Jesus, and they certainly didn't worship Him. And that's why John says to us in John chapter 1, verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came unto His own, and what? His own received Him not. But to His many as received Him, to them He gave the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believe on His name. So let me ask you tonight, what is your response to Jesus? Do you know what it means to worship Him? Has He transformed your life like He transformed the lives of these shepherds? Oh, friend, don't let it be business as usual for you this Christmas season. This is your day of, of opportunity. This is your day to surrender to Jesus. Your day to embrace the good news of Jesus. That He has come to be your Savior. R. Kent Hughes, in his commentary, gives this warning. He says, it is not enough to hear about Jesus. It is not enough to peek into the manger and say, oh, how nice. What a lovely scene. It gives me such good feelings. He goes on to say, the truth is, even if Christ were born in Bethlehem a thousand times, but not within you, you would be eternally lost. The Christ who was born into the world, he says, must be born into your heart. That's what it's all about, right? Jesus was born into this world, but you need to experience the new birth tonight where Christ becomes a part of your life. Think of all the Christmas songs we sing. How often does it mention that? About Christ being born in us. Joy to the world The Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart, what, prepare 
him room. O little town of Bethlehem, cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Thou didst leave thy throne, says, O come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for thee. So is there room in your heart for Jesus tonight? I hope so. Because you need Jesus more than anything else in the world. More than anything else, you need Jesus. And I invite you to come to Him tonight. Confess your sin to Jesus. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And you'll be ready for the day that He comes again. Because He is coming again. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. You can confess Him tonight as your Savior, as your Lord. As you receive that gift, that precious gift of everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your coming into this world to be our Savior, to take our sin to the cross, to become our substitute, to die in our place. And Lord, I pray that there would indeed be room In our hearts tonight for you, receiving that glorious, wonderful, gracious gift of everlasting life by faith in what you have done for us. O Lord, help us not to experience this Christmas as business as usual, but to embrace you, Lord, to receive that assurance of salvation. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.